In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Thursday. We've got one more day, folks. We've got one more day until that sweet, sweet weekend. So uh, kick back, relax. Uh, Even if you're at work, just check out mentally and listen to another great episode of So Bad It's Good. Um, Is everybody... Is everybody doing good? I hope everybody has uh, enjoyed the pods this week. I know I sure did. Um, today is another great one. I cannot wait for you to hear our guest. I just had such a great time. And it's like one of those things where I, I, I think I hit this so over the head. But once again, thank you for making this a success enough where I get to do this. I get to talk to new people that I've never met, which if you took the microphone away, and the, I, would, I would not be doing this at all. So it is so cool to meet what I think is some of the funniest, most interesting people that are out there. And, and we're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep doing it. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about before we get to the guests. And let's start with some good news, shall we? Let us start with some good news. And that is, of course, the casting of Real Housewives of Orange County. That's for you, Bravo. I'm, I'm standing up. Yeah, I'm not wearing pants, but still, it's a, it counts as a standing ovation. You guys, it is so exciting. Heather Debro is coming back to Real Housewives of Orange County. Yes! Yes! I don't even, I, you know what? I don't even, I like Heather, but I don't love Heather, but it is such a needed change. Bring back the opulence to Orange County. But what, right, what's even better than that? The What's even better is that Kelly Dodd is gone. Bye-bye. Um, uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Vargas is gone. 
I I don't know. I I don't even. I refuse to believe Elizabeth Vargas is a real person. I think there's a potential that she's an alien. Um, and uh, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke is gone. Uh, I think these are necessary changes for the continuation of the show. Uh, we did see a reaction video of Shannon Bedore going to Kelly Dodd and, and giving her tequila as a uh, uh, parting gift, as Kelly said in the uh, the video. And Shannon doesn't look happy because Shannon's going to get her ass handed to her by Heather Dubro again. I, you know what? It is funny if you watch Real Housewives of Orange County. It is a dark comedy because each season you watch uh, Shannon Bedore lose it in different ways by different people. Like, it's just, she's like a, a a prize fighter that's, like, past its prime. It's like Mike Tyson when, uh, after he got knocked down that for, like, you just, like, people are just coming in and knocking her down all the time. You just know it's going to happen. And I have a feeling they're going to have one or two new people, they said. And uh, if you look online, you can see uh, who made it to the final interviews. Um, I don't really pay attention to that much stuff until because I kind of like to be surprised or, you know, once that first episode, uh, then just get really uh, fixated on them. But, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. I'm excited. I, that's what I was saying. Like, wouldn't it be funny if uh, one of the new people even comes in and gives Shannon shit? Like, just, I, I don't know. It is kind of funny. It's like a nice little side plot uh, of every season of Orange County is watch Shannon lose it slowly, slowly, slowly. Um but yeah, okay, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And I'll read you some statements uh, of the parting cast members. Uh, first off, Heather Debro, Amazing. Uh, Andy uh, was on her podcast to announce the news. It came out last night. Uh, Variety reported it first. Uh, an author, Kate Arthur, from Variety. Kate is just... Dollars to Donuts, one of the best entertainment reporters out there, and she's, like, on my target list someday to uh, ask because I just, I respect her work so much. Um, But, uh, yeah, so she announced that news, and she was also, the headline was Heather DeBro comes back, but it didn't say, it said Heather DeBro comes back, Kelly Dodd uh, let go, but then it didn't even, it had the other Bronwyn and Elizabeth in the actual body of the article. Like, they didn't even make the headline which is just wild. So, um, (laughs) Oh, also Andy said in that podcast that there is another person from another franchise that is, they're going to have a similar situation of Heather coming back. So a lot of people saying that is it, it's, it's a real housewives of Atlanta with Sheree coming back. Um, so that's my bet, but we'll see, but it's exciting. I love when a show has history where you can pull from older casts. And here's what I'm going to say about Kelly Dodd. You know what? Kelly Dodd may, might come back in five years. You know, like, I mean, Dorinda is the only one that should come back immediately ASAP. I watched Real Housewives of New York last night and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tonight. Both very dark because <laughs> you have to relive Election Day on both episodes. But New York needs Dorinda. It does. It needs Dorinda. It was a, um, it was a, I don't want to say poor choice because I think it was necessary for her to take a year off. But the show needs her. It really does. I'm I'm okay with saying that. So I hope Dorinda gets her shit together so she can be back in the loving, warm embrace of Real Housewives of New York. But man, Leah also was less annoying than last week. But I still have not forgiven her. We are not. We are still broken up. And her dog seems like a maniac. Like literally just eating plates of meat at the viewing party for the election. Um, and also Dorinda. We had another drunk Dorinda scene. It's uh, could you. No, sorry, a drunk uh, Sonia scene. Could you imagine uh, 
Could you imagine having drinks with Sonia? And it would be like fun at first, but then it would be like, oh shit, she's really like this. Like, that's my fear. My fear would be like, you'll be in a situation with like that. And you're like, oh my God, I'm watching like a real life TV show. And then you're like, oh fuck, now I have to like make sure she gets home safe. Like, that's probably not so fun, you know? Okay. I'm getting off track. Real Housewives Housewives of Orange County is what we are talking about. So let's go through some of the statements uh, of the departing cast members to see how they have reacted. (coughs) Also, there was a story today in page six that Kelly Dodd and Rick Leventhal, her husband, contracted Lyme disease. Like, which is just a weird time to announce that news. And that's why it almost makes me think it's fake, because why announce that on this? Like, it doesn't. Like, were you going to announce you had Lyme disease even if you got hired by the show still? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't understand. And, by the way, we're getting robbed uh, about a plot about Lyme disease. And we've already had, we've already had the iconic Lyme's, Lyme's disease from Yolanda uh, Foster on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I don't think Kelly Dodd could have competed with that at all, folks. At all. Um... Who should we start? Let's start with Elizabeth Vargas. And by the way, uh, I found out she has a vodka, Vargas vodka, which is Vargas vodka. It's that sounds guttural. It makes me very hungover. Varg, Vargas, Vargas vodka, Vargas. Would you? What's your well vodka, Vargas? It's just. It's like. It's like. Ugh, Popov or something. You know. So let's see. Oh, did she block me? Oh my god, it's always, I hate that part of the uh, show when you have to see who's blocked you on Instagram. Okay, here we go. Elizabeth Vargas, now in her in her description on the Instagram, it says, Real Housewives of Orange County COVID season 15 survivor. I love that we call it the COVID season. I think that will get a lot of traction. I actually want a t-shirt made uh, that says, so bad it's good, uh, COVID season. You know, because that's what we're just going to call this past year of So Bad It's Good. It's the COVID season of So Bad It's Good. So uh, Elizabeth posts this uh, 22 hours ago. So I guess that's uh, what four. I cannot count. 630 yesterday. So uh, she goes, I would like to thank NBC Universal and Evolution Media, as well as all of the producers, film crew and staff for the opportunity to participate in season 15. Blah, blah, blah. COVID 2020 was a very unfortunate and tough year for all of us during filming. And, all, you know, and Elizabeth, kind of for all of us, not even filming, but we made it happen. And I'm very proud of what we accomplished as a team, as a team, despite filming during COVID and not really getting to know all the ladies fully. This past year has been the most extraordinary, amazing and beautiful experience of my life. I am so proud of the work we have done and the friendships we were able to build. The work we have done. Did they build? Like, Was there like a habit for humanity thing? Habitat? Anyways, to the fans, I can never ever thank you enough for the outpouring of love, support, and the kindness you have shown me. Thank you for a memorable season and helping me to launch my new Vargas Vodka, in which a percentage of every bottle sold goes to help save the animals. Please look for Vargas Vodka in your local liquor store and grocery store or online at VargasVodka.com. Um, so that is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth only got 4,500 likes on that. That is not a lot of likes, folks. I sometimes almost get 4,500 likes and I'm a nobody. So that does not bode well for Elizabeth Vargas. Vargas, just guys, if there's one thing I want you to do after listening to this show is... Go up to one and somebody you're close to, or maybe just a stranger, and go, Vargas Vodka. 
Vargas, you got some Vargas vodka? And actually, if you could film yourselves at restaurants or bars asking for, you guys have Vargas vodka back there? <laughs> it's not top shelf liquor, I'm assuming. So that was Elizabeth. What do you guys think? Do you guys think this was like the right move? I, I really, it does make me happy because I have always said on this show, um, Heather Dubrow, I felt she left and we didn't get to see her mansion get finished. And I know she has like 800 billion YouTube videos, but I've never watched one. Um, because I just, I just, I can't do the YouTube thing. I, I'm sorry guys. I, I want to get invested, but I just can't. So we get to see it now. And somebody sent me a video of her laundry room and her laundry room was even insane. I can't wait to see the champagne room. I bet she has a gift wrapping room like candy spelling. I don't know. There's so many, and I can't wait to see Terry Debro and his ever changing face. Have you ever looked at Terry Debro's face over the years? It's like, don't get high off your own supply, bro. Like, are you doing plastic surgery on yourself? Like, it, it feels like you shouldn't do a show called Botched when there are certain aspects of your face that if you got close, you're like, whoa. I'm not trying to be mean. I just really think sometimes there's a, like, sometimes people go too far with things, you know? And I would assume if you're a doctor that is doing plastic surgery, you would want to have the best plastic surgery known to man. Now, Heather DeBro, I think, actually... She's not my type. I'm not attracted to Heather, but I can see where she is. Like, I always think of when it's plastic surgery, I think of it like it's called upkeep. You know, like, good upkeep. Heather has good upkeep. You know, I don't think she's particularly beautiful, but I know by aesthetic, she's aesthetically pleasing. Good upkeep. Good upkeep. Okay, so let's move along. Now, Bronwyn, Bronwyn, of course, had a... So now Bronwyn didn't post something on Instagram yet, which is very unlike her, but she did release an exclusive statement to people, and it says, Wyndham Burke reflected on her revolutionary time on the show, revolutionary in quotes, saying that while she is, quote, incredibly sad to leave, she is looking forward to her, quote, next chapter. Uh, it says, I'm incredibly sad to not be able to come back to the Real Housewives of Orange County next year. I loved every moment of being a housewife and am so proud of my time on the show. The good, the bad, and the in-between. It feels revolutionary to say, but I was able to get sober and stay sober on reality TV, she said. That's something for which I will be forever grateful. And I came out becoming the first gay housewife in the franchise's history. What an incredible honor to look back upon, especially during Pride Month. She continued, I know I may have been too much for some, and that's okay. I am, re <laughs> I am real, and I am happy being me. I'm so grateful to those who have stood by me. There's a lot more to my life, and I hope you'll stick with me on this journey as I move forward in my next chapter. Okay, so let's, uh, let's break that down. Now, first, I do want to say I applaud Bronwyn for the sobriety. That is insane. I know she just celebrated 500 days. I have rarely done 500 of anything, uh, let alone be sober. And that is really incredible. And to do that uh, under the pressure cooker of a reality show. But I do want to point out she was the one wanting that spotlight. She was the one that wanted to be on the reality show. And I do believe, unfortunately, that she has fibbed. And I do believe she was calling the paparazzi on herself. I don't understand. And this is a common theme. And I think I'll, I might be talking about Chrissy Teigen in a bit because it's a common theme with her. I don't get why people want the fame that bad. Want the money. Yeah, the money is so awesome. But the fame? The fame. Why want the fame? Because with the fame comes the infamy. 
you know, there's like it's a yin yang. Like the other side comes around too. They 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 celebrate you, but they also tear you down for all of your faults. Like why do that? And you know, it just seemed like we saw such. There is a small part of me that would have been interested to see her second year after coming out and all of the changes she has made in her life and being more comfortable with sobriety. Sure. But I think Bronwyn will be on some reality show down the line or something. She'll do something because it seems like she really wants this. But I also am wary of people that really want this. I sometimes, I you know, I have a feeling Heather DeBro had to be really talked into this, wined and dined, you know. But I don't know. The Bronwyn thing, it, it's... It's, it's one of those things because I, I want to give her uh, grace, as we say, as we like to say this year, and space. I want to give her space. But I don't know. And I, I would love to know the, the background of the discussions and negotiations. Like I said earlier on the podcast this week, Elizabeth Vargas posted an uh, Instagram story saying like, oh, my God, I just got great news today, leading us to believe that it was about Real Housewives of Orange County. So what was that about? Like, I do feel sometimes the machinations that go on behind the scenes might be more fascinating than these seasons themselves. And I would implore Bravo, you, one of somebody from Bravo is listening, somebody has to at this point, uh, is to let us in on that a little bit more. I really do find it fascinating. I find it fascinating the, the, the lengths people will go to to stay on the show and almost their desire to be on the show. I wish we would start every season off with a housewives of who are you and why do you want to be here? Why? Why do you want to be here? I want to know. At this point, I want to know. It's not a first season of something. This is a well-established. Why do you want to be here? Why do you want to do this to your life? Why do you want a spotlight on your life? I want to know. It almost would make me trust them a little bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, and speaking of that, if somebody from Bravo is listening, I implore you with every fiber of my being. Like, I feel like this is a -a Make-A-Wish foundation for me. Like, please send me screeners. Please let me watch these shows a day ahead of time. It just helps with my whole note-taking process. It just helps. Please, Bravo, I swear to God, I try to be as supportive of your network as possible. Please help me out. Please. I know exactly who you give them to. Please include me on that list. If anybody is watching, please include me on that list. Um... Okay, so that was Bronwyn's statement. Now, the big one, Kelly Kelly Dodd, Kelly Leventhal, what was her statement? Now, Kelly's was very simple. Kelly's Instagram was, the last five years have been amazing. The last five years have been an amazing experience. The next five years will be even better. I'm so grateful for all the love and support and so excited about the future. Heart emoji, orange emoji, hashtag R-H-O-C. Um, and then she said, don't wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. It's all fake. No. Um, so this one, I I've always said this Kelly Dodd is insanely popular. This got 34,000 likes. This beat all of the likes like uh, compare that Vargas vodka got 4,000 likes on her goodbye post. Kelly got 34,000 and it wasn't nearly as well written. She's insanely popular, which leads us to believe That, yeah, man, this was a big decision. And she really did, I think, irk a lot of people with her bullshit over COVID. And you, you know, I I know, you know, we are, a lot of us are in a lot of disagreement with COVID in the past year. But I just thought Kelly Dodd's irresponsibility and uh, knowing, you know, people who have died from COVID uh, have, have have had, 
having it myself at one point and my family and watching everything that we went through, it was very hard to stomach Kelly making jokes out for drinks and cocktails about mask wearing and all of that stuff. I just didn't find her funny. And we actually, with my guest today, we talk about Kelly and we talk about all of this kind of leading into the show. But it was frustrating. But I will say I didn't think I thought she would come back. I thought she was she is insanely popular, so I thought she would be back. And it just Bravo is taking a hardline approach, but what I find fascinating is they kind of did it perfectly if you want to think about the way you maneuver a press release. So if they had released that news by itself, Kelly Dodd fired. It would be a huge blowback potentially. Um, it, it, it would cause a lot. But they led with Heather DeBro hired Kelly Dodd fired. So your brain almost stops at the Heather DeBro hired because you're like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. Like it's like you're at a music festival and you're seeing all these great bands and you're going to see the Kelly Dodd band later. But then, you know, you're going to see the Heather DeBro band first and you forget all about the Kelly Dodd band. Because you're so into the Heather DeBro band. So it almost, it tempers that announcement. It was the perfect announcement because it got all of us fans talking about something instead of lamenting the loss or celebrating the loss. Like I, I didn't care. Like I didn't care. I didn't make any, I don't think, I don't think I did. I don't think I made any memes about Kelly Dodd leaving. I was just happy Heather DeBro was, uh, was back. Um, so I thought it was a really smart move, and I think that's interesting. And I, I really got to applaud Bravo, and I'm really excited where this uh, leads. Can you imagine watching Heather DeBro meet Gina and go into Gina's condo? You thought Shannon Bedore made fun of Gina's condo last season. Wait till Heather DeBro gets in there. Heather DeBro will walk in and go, oh, "Okay, is this is this your is this your wrapping gifts room?" And she'll be like, "No, this this is this is my my townhouse." This, this isn't just a room. It's a townhouse. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited about the possibilities. It really did. For Real Housewives of Orange County, I, I watched while you guys quit on it. You, yeah, I suffered through it, you guys. I recapped every one of those episodes on the Patreon and uh, uh, with Emily Clayton, my good buddy. And um, I, I, I took that bullet for you guys. I sat there when the times were tough. And now you guys get to get the spoils. You guys get to come back in with Heather DeBros there. So I do have a feeling that we will get guest appearances from Tamara. I have a feeling Tamara will be a friend of. I do not think Vicky will be in it at all. But this is very exciting. So I'm very excited and I'm going to keep you guys posted on every piece of news that I find out about this from here on out. Okay, folks, moving right along. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'll do a further recap next week. Uh, but just some overall thoughts is you blew it. You blew it, folks. You blew it. We had Erica Jane in the last five seconds of the damn show. It's exactly what I told you would happen yesterday. They let they they drew that sucker out. This is like Brittany and Jax's wedding all over again. And we're going to probably get Erica Jane saying two sentences every episode, and it's going to be like an 80-episode season. This is bullshit. You needed to pounce while the iron was hot. The anticipation was off the hook, and you gave us nothing. I mean, yes, there was a funny scene where Rinna learned how Harry Hamlin likes to compost and have a garden during COVID and has a pool of water to survive. It's so bizarre. And also, literally, thank you, Bravo. I will be sending you a bill for all the food that I had to throw up after Lisa said she gives a good blowjob. It was so... <laughs> it was just alarming. It was alarming. I don't... 
these, these shows air around dinner time, folks. What are you doing? You can't have Lisa Rinna out there. 60-plus-year-old Lisa Rinna saying that she gives good blowies to Harry Hamlin. And now I'm, like, having to picture white-haired Harry Hamlin getting a BJ in a garden. I just, it's, like, too much. Like, I started, like, sweating. I was like, I don't want to, like, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Um, So they're back. This also revolves around election night. So we had Real Houses in New York. They had an election viewing party. And we have an election viewing party over at uh, Kyle's. Um, Kyle and Dorit get into it. But I don't know. I was so desensitized to that fight. It was kind of like, yeah, where's Erica? Like, that's the all I could think about. All I could think about was Erica. I got to admit, we need Erica sooner. I hated it. Also, it is funny to watch this, how the men interact. So we had Rob Minkoff, Crystal's husband, the director of Lion King. He was there. It was fun to watch him interact. Always fun to watch PK and Mauricio. And Dorit leaves early and PK's like, do you mean presently or, uh, you know, forever? Some other British word. And she she's like, presently, PK, we need to get out of here right now. Kyle. It's it's uh, Dorit P three D- Dorit C three PO. I do not like when Kyle sits on my Mauricio. I love you always. I love you, PK. Little Jagger called texted mommy, and we need to get home. Um, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Well, I can't. I'm a grown man, guys. This is. Believe me, I know you think it's. I think it's even more ridiculous than you do that I'm. I'm doing this. Um. So we had Sutton. We had some Sutton scenes. I don't know. Real Housewives. And I got to remind everybody. I, I had to remind myself is that I was watching Real Housewives of New York by myself. Uh, yesterday, and it wasn't fun. I was really dreading it all week after last week's episode. And I got to remind people, it is so fun to watch these shows with people. In fact, I would recommend that. If you guys are getting down on the Housewives, which I think we have a little bit of a Housewives fatigue sometimes, watch it with a friend that loves it, too, or likes it like you. Don't watch it with a stranger. It's going to make you doubt every decision you've ever made in your life. Watch it with somebody that likes it because it is so fun to laugh at people, (laughs) to go, oh my God, that's so stupid that she did that. And then to exchange glances at your friend. You're like, oh, that's so crazy. That's the way to enjoy these shows. And that's why I've always said, you know, the way to save the movie industry is to show classic Housewives episodes at these movie theaters. I would be at AMC movie theaters tonight if they were playing Scary Island. Could you imagine that? It's like Rocky Horror Picture Show. We bring, we bring, props you know we throw gummy bears at the screen when uh when kelly uh overly tan gets on screen like i mean this could be such a fun communal experience that's how these shows i really think take on a new life i mean watch what crappens have you ever been to one of their shows i got to go to one of their shows uh, like a before covid and it, it it's so alive it's so alive it's just a bunch of us drunk hooligans cracking up at these two hysterical men imitating our favorite housewives. That's how this stuff is meant to be enjoyed. And I, I got to remind people once now we are allowed to see people again, let's do it. Let's, let's watch, let's have viewing parties. Please invite me to your viewing party. I am considering doing, um, I think I've talked about this now a couple times, a little bit of a tour, not like a, uh, live show, but like, like meetups in different States because I kind of want to just like, fuck it. Right. 
fuck it. Let's, you know, I want to go to Texas. I want to go to Boston. I want to go to Philly. I want to go to uh, Chicago. Like, I want to... I want to see the world, folks. And then overseas. Uh, we do have to talk below deck. I'm going to have a below deck episode next week, I believe, after the first episode of the uh, the reunion, which is coming up. Don't forget to set your DVRs. Below Deck Sailing Yacht had one of the best seasons uh, this season. First season, totally crap. Second season, magical. I really thought the crew, uh, for some reason, it is like a soothing balm. It's like Sutton rolling that face roller uh, over her face to not cry. That is the soothingness that below deck sailing yacht gives me, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about real housewives of Beverly Hills over the next week, but uh, suffice to say it was a lot of them talking about, Oh my God, she's like, they let Garcelle know. And, and Garcelle said, Garcelle had a great line. He's 82. Why didn't she just wait it out? Which kind of is like, yeah, something's right. Why didn't she? Because we know he steals money. Um, now, uh, one of the attorneys, Jay Edelson, on the case say they can prove, they believe, they can prove that Erica Jane definitely knew about the impropriety. So buckle up, folks. I think this is going to be a long one. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, a lot of developments, so I'll try to keep you... Uh, Post my, my head spinning with all of this stuff, but I just think Bravo dropped the ball. This was the first ho hum episode of the season. We had four really good ones back to back to back, and this uh, unfortunately did not hit. Um, but you know what? We got we got a long season ahead of us. This is what I this is how I talk to this is how like my friends that like baseball and stuff. This is what I hear them say all the time of like, oh, yeah, Dodgers didn't do it tonight, but uh, it's a long season. It's a long season. It's a it's a marathon, not a race. That's what I feel about the housewives. It's a long season, folks. It's a long season. You got to stay with your home team, support them. And eventually we will get the gold. Very sparse use of Kathy Hilton tonight. Kathy Hilton went live during the show and asked us if she was going to watch, if we were going to watch the show later. And uh, I love it. I, you know, I literally become the most annoying person if I ever jump into a live because I'm like, hi, hello, Kathy. Kathy, notice me. Kathy, please. Kathy, notice me. Kathy, hi, Kathy. Kathy, hello, Kathy. Um, and, uh, but I love that she didn't realize it was airing on the East coast already. Cause she was like, buckle in later tonight, folks. And everybody on the live was like, Kathy, we're watching it right now, right now, Kathy. And she has her like Coke bottle glasses on. And she was like talking about like some kind of cake she likes to eat. And she was sipping her chocolate smoothie. And then some, like, it sounded like a boy was whispering, like, don't forget to say this. Don't forget to say this. Wild stuff. Wild and wacky stuff, folks. Um, okay. Nah, you know what? 30 minutes in. I uh, well, Let's get to the guest. I will do the Chrissy stuff with the Kardashian episode. You guys, I implore you, uh, listen to the Kardashian recap this week. It's going to be, I'm going to do it over the uh, the Andy Cohen reunion. First part airs tonight. Second pair part airs on Sunday. And I'm very excited. I think this is a uh, long overdue concept of taking Andy Cohen's patented reunion style to the Kardashians. And he says... Uh, there were no uh, limits. You know, nothing was off limits. So we'll see if Andy was bullshitting us. Oh, shit. Oh, that's what I forgot to mention. So, you know, Dana Wilkie, $25,000 Dana Wilkie, Dana Pam, was on the podcast this week. And you guys, if you do give it a chance, she gave us some great information. Like, really great information. And I appreciate everybody that reached out about that. That it, it, That's so huge. It's such a labor of love. But um, 
Andy Cohen gave, uh, you know, he was on his Sirius XM show this morning and he said, you know, that this, the housewife and the hustler, the show on Hulu will not affect Erica Jane's job at all. Doesn't see why. And then he gave, he gave, well, you know, Daniel Staub and Dana Wilkie are definitely not, uh, trusted sources. So, you know, I'm skeptical at best when that show uses people like that. It was really low blow and Dana, you should go to her Instagram. She was like, Hey Andy, saw what you said. Pretty much like, fuck you. I've got it dirt on you. Um, so I love that. I love that there's like cat fighting, but also I do wonder sometimes when it's a bridge too far for Andy, like when Andy would go, okay, this may not be the best look supporting Erica. Um, but I, I, I thought the documentary was well done. I don't know. It's very, did you guys like the documentary? I, 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 I think the general consensus is we liked it. I don't know. Um, Okay, that's it for today, folks. We're going to get to our amazing guest. And when I say amazing, truly an amazing guest, listen to the intro of everything this gentleman uh, does. Uh, You guys might know him as a makeup artist, but he also has this amazing podcast produced by Embassy Row, the same people who do Watch What Happens Live. Uh, It's called the uh, Back on Air podcast. Um, but he has done makeup for Vanderpump Rules. Uh, he's been affiliated with Real Housewives of Orange County. Uh, we talk a lot about the Free Britney movement movement in this. Um, and which, by the way, there was a Free Britney update today that just happened an hour ago. My good friend uh, Marissa, um, who always gives me the best dirt. Thank you to the people that send me like things to to look out for because sometimes I. You know, but Marissa always sends me amazing things. So this was a couple hours ago that Brittany uh, filed a petition to terminate the uh, the conservatorship, I guess. Um, Oh, wait, wait, wait. One sec. Sorry, I was just reading uh, the the things. So supposedly this Brittany uh, fan account said breaking news a petition to terminate Britney Spears conservatorship has been filed and there will be a hearing on November 4th um and it has the documents i i don't know if this is real so take this with a grain of salt the only reason i bring it up though is uh the our guest we talk about free britney but um this guy Jared Lipscomb from uh, back on air podcast he is amazing i think you're going to love 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 him so please check it out Thank you guys for supporting this podcast, um, and I will talk to you again on Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Lipscomb. I I don't know if you can feel that energy, but uh, Los Angeles is open. Uh, It's very scary. I want to be back in my bedroom uh, where I just do podcasts. So here I am where I am comfortable. And today I get to talk to somebody so fascinating uh, to me personally. And I've known of this gentleman now, I think for a couple of years through uh, some Vanderpump people, but I never thought in a million years I would be able to talk to him. Uh, There are certain people that I just, I think you guys know me by now that I can be a little... um, uh, insecure. And this gentleman actually talks about imposter syndrome on his latest podcast. And I, I just, it resonated with me so deeply. Uh, but let me just read a description of his podcast before I introduce him, because I just don't even know how I'm going to do this interview. There is too much to talk about here. Uh, his It says, I'm Jared, a makeup artist, sometimes drag queen, Britney Spears stan, and as of 2020, a 33-year-old leukemia and transplant survivor. As an unofficial expert on starting over, I'm navigating life after second chances, from getting canceled online to beating illnesses in isolation. Each week, I'll use pop culture, personal stories, and guest interviews to examine what it means to begin again. Whether you're battling cancer, being canceled, or recovering from a hangover, anything can take us off the air. 
This show is all about the comeback. Uh, the podcast, you guys, is This Is Back On Air. And the gentleman we're talking today is Jared Lipscomb. Jared, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my gosh. Ryan, I am so excited. It hurts. I, 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 I'm excited as well. And I, you're, you're, I just, I, what the fuck, man? Like you've done everything. Like I, I can, I, I, there is so much I want to talk about it, but you guys, so you guys go follow his podcast immediately. Let's get that out of the way. It is, it is definitely a worthwhile listen. Embassy row produces it, you guys. And we love embassy row. We just had Liz Cully on, but they, they work with the best. So uh, trust them uh, if you do not know this gentleman, but you will. Um, I, I don't know where to start, but let's just start with, uh, let's ease into it with, okay. we had breaking OC news and then we're going to get to you. So yesterday we found out that Heather Debro is coming back. Kelly Dodd is left. Bronwyn is left. And uh, um, uh, wait, wait, uh, Vargas, Elizabeth Vargas is gone, but Heather is back. What is your reaction to this news? You know, my first initial thought now I, for, I cannot stand, obviously I cannot stand Kelly Dodd. So I felt like my initial reaction, this is so dumb, please. Oh my God. This is so, this is so dumb. <laughs> okay. My initial reactions, you know, when people were posting after Biden won the election and they said, finally, some class and elegance back in America, as soon as I saw Heather Dubrow's picture of her looking at the oranges with her beautiful orange backlit, <laughs> I thought to myself, Finally, some class and elegance brought back to the to the OC. So yeah. I'm feeling very like Biden's victory vibe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. We did it. We did it, Jared. <laughs> she like, no, it is funny. Like she did a photo shoot, you guys, just to welcome her back. Like she paid for a photographer to come do a photo shoot to, oh. to announce her. And that is just, you're right though. You know, these shows used to be aspirational. I think Beverly Hills is to a degree if you don't count being possibly sent to jail for, you know, <laughs> things, you know, but like Heather Debro, she left at this really weird time when we, I felt like we watched her house being built for seven seasons and then we didn't get to see the champagne room. We didn't get yeah. to see, like I saw a video of her laundry room and it looked insane on her YouTube channel that she keeps up with. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> well, every, everybody see, it's so funny. It's like, I'm a huge fan, obviously of all this stuff, but there's like a, a bridge too far and it's like called YouTube <laughs> and TikTok, And those are the things I don't do yet. Um, but you guys, he sent me a picture yesterday and I need to know the backstory on this. You sent me a picture. I, uh, I believe what I'm seeing is if my eyes are not portraying me, it was Lydia from real housewives of orange County dressed up you guys in her Charlie Chaplin outfit. And he was with her. Is that, was that Photoshop? What is that? Uh, no, that's me and drag. So listen, I am enmeshed. Now I work with Vanderpump Rules, obviously, and I'm friends with that cast, but I am enmeshed before I even was doing Bravo makeup. I have been involved with the OC to a scary amount. And so it all started with, do you remember the drag queen bingo episode where Shannon Bedore and all of them come dressed as, up? As Brett Michaels and all that stuff? Yes. And then <laughs> and, and Joe Durr and, and Charlie <laughs> Chaplin slash, you know, I don't know what. Uh, Slenderman, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, oh, so, so frightening. Anyways, um, and Kelly Dodd was there and Megan King was there. Um, that was actually my birthday party. Um, that no I, way. Yes. So I reached out. Uh, I do every year. I do a charitable birthday party. Um, I love to just get involved in like the local LA kind of charity scene. And I love to get dressed up and just get things involved. So I, on a limb, it was, uh, you know, about 20, what, when was that? 2015, 2016? I don't know. And, um, I went on a limb and I reached out to Shannon's publicist who, who was still in her bio uh, on her Instagram. Cause she only yeah. had, you know, this is 
a few years ago. We weren't doing social media like we were doing now. So I just emailed directly to her person. And at the time I was working with the, some of the cast of Orange is the New Black. So I did have that in my back pocket being like, oh, well, you know, other celebrities are going to attend this event. It's drag queen bingo, super fun. And I had just gotten a beta fish and I had named her Shannon Bador because I was like <laughs> obsessed with the OC at the time before it turned to shit. And I was like, how funny would it be if I could get Shannon Bedore as one of my guests to do this? She agreed. Her publicist called back, said, can Tamara come? I said, I've been watching this show since I was like 16 with my mom when it started. And I was like, is Vicky coming? And they're like, no, it's her birthday. Also, we have the same birthday. Me, Mariah Carey and Vicky Gunvalson. All the greats. And, yeah. Yeah. All the greats. And Next thing I know, they said, can we hop on a call with you and the charity and the organizer of the event, which was me, and the organizer of the space, can we film? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so they spent that entire time. I said, my only thing is you have to bring up the charity. Now, let me ask you a question, Ryan. Do you yeah. remember anything about a charity in that episode? Uh, zero. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. In fact, so in fact I was literally, I was like, did I just black out? I, I don't, no. I don't remember they that They mentioned all. it one time at the beginning, Shannon says, and she didn't even call it the right name. She didn't say, <laughs> and I get it. The name is called safe place for youth. So it can be kind of, it's not like, you know, it's not like the, the center or something, but she just kind of called it a safe place for youth. She was like, oh, we're just doing, you know, finding a safe place for youth. And I'm like, oh my God, so I'm actually <laughs> livid. And they created such a scene at my birthday, but to be part of that herstory, is I mean, wait, wait, I mean, that is true though. It's like when these things happen and I, I'm sure you, I'm a huge Vanderpump rules fan. Like I huge, like, and it's weird now because I kind of know Ariana and Tom a little bit, you know, like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, it's like, I, I, but it, I remember the first time going to uh Sandoval's birthday party, somebody had invited me and it was like the second floor of Busby's or whatever. And I didn't realize cameras were going to be there. And I got in and it was like watching a TV show come to life. And I remember just like, just profusely sweating um, and just being so <laughs> nervous. Were you, I mean, when, when you watch that mess go down, are you like, Oh my God, I'm watching my favorite show live. I mean, so this was my first encounter with like filming a reality show when, at my birthday. And again, I wasn't working with reality uh, people yet. So I wasn't familiar with that world. So this was my first thing. So I show up to my birthday and I've been doing this birthday many years and I've had, you know, some great guests attend this birthday because it's a great cause from Sia, Whitney Cummings. So the charity was kind of laughing at me being like, why are you doing this reality show? Like last year, Sia was here and now we have, <laughs> you know, we're going to get Tamara and Shannon Bedore. But so it was weird in the sense like seeing them set up like lighting and telling me yeah. they need two tables and they need producers behind their one table so they can have a clear shot where people aren't staring. And I was like, listen, it's my fucking birthday. Not, not to pull a total Stasi, but like, it's my fucking birthday. And I was like, <laughs> as you just do not ruin my party. And Megan King Edmund, or well, not Edmonds anymore, but she ruined it a little bit because she left in tears. And I was like, thanks for coming, babe. And she was like, <laughs> thank you. And like left in tears. And there was a lot of drama that happened, but it was Ugh. such a fun night. And and when the cameras, the most fascinating part was when the camera shut off. I'll tell you who the pro was. Tamara and Shannon are fucking pros because they were, they would be fighting with Lydia, fighting, whatever that fight was at the table. Um, I can't even remember in that that stupid episode yeah. of the drag queen, whatever the fight was, as soon as the camera was kind of like stopped and went down, Tamara came over to me. She was drunk as a skunk, hugging on me, thanking me for the charity work. We, I have about a million photos of me and um and the oh. housewives. 
But Megan left in tears, you know, early. And then as soon as a producer came up and be like, Tamara, we need you. She's like, hang on, I got to go do something. And then I see the camera lift back up and Tamara starts just from going smiling and laughing at me just to being like, listen up, fuck yeah. And she goes running out. And I'm like, holy fucking shit, this is wild. That's a pro when you can control that. Kind of, but see that I find it so fascinating. And this is, I guess, you know, reality shows, it seems like, and especially Bravo is kind of the updated like dynasty or whatever yes. in, in terms of reality. But we really, it has cornered this market and it now is a valid form of job. I keep talking about recently of just, you know, all these ladies aspire to not even live these lifestyles, but to be on the show now. Like oh they're hiring, God, they're hiring, they're, they're buying houses. They're buying, they're, you know, like I was like, God, um, the housing market in Jersey and OC, like part of that is just selling to ladies, potentially their, their husbands are buying them houses so they can be on the show, you know? <laughs> and it's just wild. Like to me, like I always said, uh, sir, um, you know, they, they created the show Vanderpump rules just to sell uh, goat cheese balls. You know, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> because sir's like planet Hollywood. Like, I don't know if sir would still be around if it wasn't for the show. It would um, not, it would no. Oh my God. Um, so, so then you kind of, okay. So what is your story? Where are you from originally? Oh my gosh. We, yeah, we jumped right into Orange County. No, this we? is, I mean, because this is so easy. I, I just, <laughs> but I want to make sure we, I want to. Oh, but I have one more thing to add yeah. about that uh, thing about the Orange County uh, bingo is I was, there was only two drag queens there and there was uh, the black, the black girl, Roxy, and I had the white hair. And when Kelly Dodd saw me for the second time, she was such a rude person to me. And when she saw me, she said, oh, they, production said, oh, you were at his birthday a couple months ago. Cause I started working in the show a little bit more. And she's, she got real nice. And she said, oh, you were the white drag queen, not the black one. I was I like. Is that not foreshadowing? And, and I, you know, this was pre, I mean, I was, I was like 26. I, I mean, age is not an excuse for the, the ignorance, but just, I, it stuck it to me in my head thinking now about all the stuff that went down. I was like, what foreshadowing to even just have that as her thought process. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, there is a, there's a, I, I, I think there's a little bit of Teresa Giudici as well from Jersey is that there, there seems to be like those connections in your brain that like, you know, the synapses that all connect together. There's one or a bunch misfiring in Kelly Dodd's brain. Mm -hmm. So it like makes her shout out things that most people would like think about before they would say out loud. And she just says them. And I have empathy for her but i don't know in this day and age i'm just i'm good with not having an asshole on next season in that i feel like we've seen her version of asshole now for like five or six seasons and i'm good with it like i, yeah. I i'm i'm we saw that i hope she has a good life if she you know maybe she'll come back in seven years and it'll be a shake-up but i'm okay with giving term limits to housewives oh me too i just and i just wanted to say give that little kind of insider tea just because i think it proves a greater point like you said there there is something clearly deeply like like you said the synapses are not firing on all cylinders and yeah it, it was it was wild to hear her say that and i just you know and shout out to foxy roxy wood who is an amazing drag queen and bingo hostess and you know it was just a it was just an incredible statement from a from a truly trashy person so well i was gonna i i, I uh drag bingo uh, the the show knows it. I've said this multiple times on the show. One of my bucket lists is I've never done, uh, a, I've never gone to a drag show or drag bingo. And it's like something I really want to do. So hopefully as things open back up in Los Angeles, please let me know. If oh, you're coming any, to mine and it will be I, on camera and you're going to meet whoever you want to meet. Uh, we are going to do would, it big. I would, mean, no, for real. Like I really, that is like, I have a bucket list of entertainment things that I want to do. And that's like top up there because everybody looks like they're having the time of their lives. Uh, and it's usually on Sundays. I follow so many girls on Instagram, they're always there. They're always having a blast. And I was like, I want to be there. Yeah. Um, 
how did you get your start? Where, where are you from? So I grew up all over the South. I ended up in Florida. We just moved around a lot for no particular reason. Uh, it's just this little Southern boy ended up in Florida, um, small town, you know, supportive family. They kind of let me do what I wanted to do. And Were you always like a big dreamer. Um, yeah, I mean, I was into the theater and in, in high school, I was, you know, I was very artistic. Um, yeah. just, just the typical kind of like story, like I, too, too gay and too artistic and too flamboyant for the small town that I was in. And then when I went to Orlando to kind of go to college and stuff, I realized like, still a little too small, like just too, you know, and so I was like, I just, I just want to get out of this Were bubble that I had lived in. Were you uh, no, I wasn't. It wasn't, I wasn't confident. I would say I wasn't confident. It was just this desire to get out of this bubble of the South and the, and the, um, the homophobia really that, that, you know, was, was ever present, especially as someone who did drag and did makeup and wanted to wear makeup. And I just didn't want that, you know, cause it's not like it is today where you can, you know, be on TikTok in full face and 17 years old and girls and boys wear makeup. It was just wasn't the same then. So I decided to move to LA um, about almost 10 years ago now. So I've been in LA for about 10 years and I was is this doing the more same your thing. speed. Is this, is LA your, your people, your oh, scene? My like, God. Is it- I say I'll never leave. I mean, it'll take an earthquake sucking me into the ocean to get me out of here. I love it. Well, that's here. why I, I, I got so frustrated with people bagging on Los Angeles and California. I know we had our issues during the pandemic. I know all of that, but there's such a great history here. And there says like, th- these are cities worth fighting for and, and saving and helping the homeless that we see that are, that are crop, you know, prop, you know, there, this city is always going to be worth fixing. Like I, it mm-hmm. is so magical. And I grew up in Kansas and I, I always dreamed of, uh, uh, you know, I would see entertainment tonight every night. And the fact that I drive down sunset Boulevard sometimes, and I just like, no matter how bad my life is, I'll just be like, Holy shit. Like I yeah. dreamed about this in Kansas, you know? Um, so you got here, you, you were always doing makeup, but it, it, was there, how did you get involved in actually doing makeup? How did you know you, how do you know you're good at that? <laughs> um, I mean, it was, like I said, I started in theater, which you automatically learn makeup there, like high school yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. And then I just started to do drag. I always had great, I've always been good at picking great friends to surround myself with who lift me up, which I know sounds so fucking cheesy, but you know, this is no, my post, no. this is my post-cancer survivor self, like my new lease on life. But I've always found those friends and I just found a friend who was like, you know what? You should put some makeup on yourself and like do an impression. I was, obs- I mean, I'm still obsessed with Britney Spears, but I, they're like, do an impression of Britney Spears. You have the Southern accent. Cause it was much thicker in the day. And they're like, dress up as Britney and just start going around and, you know, like acting like Britney Spears. And, and that was the start of my drag. And I eventually learned, like I entered a drag pageant and like, was like, Oh my God, there's technique. And then the drag Queens that I met were so lovely. And they taught me all these techniques. Cause again, this was like, YouTube wasn't how it was now. And so I just kind of taught myself, moved to LA and would keep doing it. And of course, working in a restaurant, not unlike sir, um, the, everyone is trying to be famous and they realized I had it. I came, I came, I started working around Halloween time and I came fully dressed up as like a gorgeous honey boo boo. And (laughs) they said I was the host at the time and like at the front, you know, the front of the restaurant and like no one else came dressed up. And I was just like, okay, well I'm dressed up. It's Halloween and I'm working. And they, a bunch of the girls working were like, Oh my God, you're really good at like, that's actually really pretty how you did your eyes and your blush and like your skin. Um, you know, I'm a model, I'm a singer, I'm an actress. Can you do my headshots? Can you do my little self-produced music video? And it just kind of, I was like, Oh my God, I can't like, I don't have any training. I can't do this. And as often as the case, you know, I worked with one girl whose friend got a break on the show, a little show called orange is the new black. And 
she was like, can you teach me tricks for the makeup, like for makeup artists? I can't afford a makeup artist. And uh, she played one of the meth heads, one of the two meth heads that was always with Taryn Manning. Yeah, yeah. No, I know the show. Yeah. So, so she was my first client and I was like, Hey, instead of me teaching you, I'll just start doing your makeup in exchange for, you know, like kind of shouting me out on social media and just letting other girls from the show know. And it worked out because then Netflix was eventually paying me for red carpets. And one, it's one of those things you just meet the right people. And then I met someone at NBC and it's so funny how they're like, you know, that restaurant moment, like those tiny moments where it's potentially embarrassing that you lean into like sets up like, you know, just like that one thing of then all the girls in the restaurant saying, Oh, you did that. Well, like, it's like you look back now and it's like yeah. not always a straight line, but things just kind of connect with each other, but you don't realize it at the time. And I think that's kind of what one of the beautiful things about life um, is just that you, there are these moments that kind of turn into victories, but it takes like 10 years to have yeah. a Victory, you know, and then I had like you mentioned the imposter syndrome too, where I'm like, I'm not qualified to do this. There's people who are doing Beyonce's makeup, like I can't do that, you know. And so you have that kind of happen. And then just one day, I mean, it's like you just, you know, I one day I had to quit the restaurant. I was working so much I couldn't. I was kept calling out of shifts, and then I was like, oh my god. But it all kind of changed when I met um, a dear friend of mine when I was volunteering, of course. And that's also the the weird way the universe works. Like we were both doing good work and she was like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a makeup artist, kind of struggling, kind of starting out. And she's like, oh, I work with um, NBC Universal. I actually need a makeup artist to do touch-ups for um, uh, the show Vanderpump Rules for their Bravo, the the online stuff, the digital content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, we just need someone to powder them because they're going to come in all, you know, from all over. Stassi's flying in from Vegas and she's still, you know, she's been partying all night. Like they just need con- some concealer and powder <laughs> and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I had never seen the show. I loved Housewives. But right when I moved to LA was the first year that uh, Vanderpump Rules came out and I was living it. So I, A, couldn't afford cable. I was working in a restaurant trying to make it in the industry somehow as a makeup artist so I did not know anything about Vanderpump Rules even though I knew everything about Lisa Vanderpump I just never I like it missed I missed the it crossed my path like I missed the um uh, Sheena's gray tooth and brandy and all of that thing. Like I missed it all. And so Sheena's gray, Sheena's gray tooth is my new band name, by the way. Sheena's gray tooth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love no, Sheena though. I better be careful. Oh, um, oh, oh my God. No, no, no. And by the way, I've Sheena, Sheena I, we love you here. Um, yeah. I, I've talked with Sheena a couple times. This is a now. safe space for Sheena. Uh, it is. A, <laughs> but by the, you know, I, one time I almost had Sheena on where we were going to do um, just a podcast, just about her lyrics like just just her her song catalog because I was like wouldn't you love to know what it, I was like in the studio did you know good as gold was a hit did you know like did, what was the feeling in the room <laughs> and like just go over the lyrics and what they mean to her you know because she also had that like a boss with Lala last uh two years ago for the movie yes. like a boss anyways um <laughs> that's amazing so so you went into a cold when you went back because i started watching vanderpump i think in like fourth season and because i i really i shunned it i was a housewives guy and then i was like i don't want to watch some actors bartender people like and i was really violently opposed to it for some reason and they snuck it like a backdoor like they attached it to real housewives of beverly hills for the premiere so it was Tricky. like a two-hour episode and i got livid i was like almost through my tv um but uh then I loved it so, so much. I thought it was so brilliant and I got to go back and watch it. Did you ever go back and start from the beginning? So I 
did in quarantine because my mom was like, <laughs> how fun would it be? Because we were watching the season, you know, because I was obviously at Brittany and Jax's wedding and I wanted to see that season where I was, you know, in it. And also I wanted to see the makeup and I wanted to relive. You the- were at the Kentucky Castle. Well, I did Brittany's ma- makeup for that day. I I know. I just, I mean, it was, it, it was it as sweaty as it looked. It looks um, it so really hot. hot. It was really yeah. hot, but I will tell you that castle is actually like stunning. I get it. I get it. If you, if like you want to stay in America and go to a castle, like I get the appeal. I truly, and I'm, you know, like I have different aesthetic choices than Brittany. Like Brittany has a different aesthetic than mine. Like I, you know, I would, I probably would love to get married like on a rooftop in a hotel with like 10 people. But yeah. if I had a big, I mean, it was stunning. And so, Yes, it was hot for, I guess it was hot for the people who had to wait outside some, but it was, you know, a ceremony's not that long. And it was so beautiful that it was, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't. And you got to see Lance Bass dance at the after party. I mean, you got Oh, to, I was dancing with Lance I mean, Bass that, I, I, They just see, edit me out. That's it, but that's bad. That's, that's not good. I mean, so when you're doing makeup for one of these people uh, is like the theory kind of, or is the, to like kind of fit their personal style as make, I mean, are you in the driver's seat or do you just try to like for each individual make, you know, like, are you, are you, you're not doing like Bowie makeup on Britney or anything like that. You're kind of <laughs> seeing what Britney is all about and trying to bring that out. Is that the totally well? we, so I, again, I had that lucky moment where I was working on Orange is the New Black. So I had these little, this little portfolio where it showed the different cast members before and after of how they looked. And so obviously it made me look extra good, especially starting off because like they're comparing pictures from the show. And so, but what I really focused on was the opposite of drag makeup. And I was like, what's, you know, I assisted makeup artists and I would talk to makeup artists. And I said, what's, what are celebrities doing? Like A-list celebrities? Because I was watching Housewives at this point and seeing like, this is not celebrity makeup. This is a different style of makeup. Like, but you know, um, oh, who's someone cool and young? I can't think of some. Billie Eilish. She has glowy, fresh skin, you know? And, and, you know, so I've always been into that kind of like youthful glowy. And so I think a lot of the makeup artists that were working on Vanderpump Rules, who are absolutely wonderful people, I think they came from other Bravo shows. So they would do kind of what they were used to on the Housewives. So when I met the- So, so, so clown makeup. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we're, we're here to laugh, folks. We're here to laugh. We're here to laugh, people. <laughs> but yeah, clown makeup. And so the point is, is so when I met them, I mean, first I met them doing touch-ups and I was so excited to meet someone my age and like, you know, just some someone who I could kind of gone along with because I really vibed right. Oops, I just dropped something. Sorry. Did you, um, yeah. Let me take that back. I just, I vibed right away with Kristen and Brittany. And I said, hey, if you guys ever need anything, like I'm getting my foot wet, feet wet in the, you know, makeup world, like just hit me up. I'll cut you a deal. Like we can work it out, whatever. And sure enough, they hit me up together. And I did the season five or six premiere party, uh, like that they, they got glam for. And I never left. Wait, how do you know the makeup, like for the wedding? Like, how do you know what's going to work on film? Like, is it different what works in real life as opposed to what works on film? Or, or um, TV? it's just more, but it, it's just more and uh more powder. There's not there's not too much. There's kind of this myth of like you need to have all of this. I mean, you just need a micro powder for HD just to blur, and you just can't be shiny and sweaty. So you need powder. Besides that, it's normal makeup. You just have to be sure it lasts a long time. But as far as like knowing what their style is. I definitely listen to the client. And so Brittany says, I don't like a lot. I always like a pop of color on my lips, but you know, she, she's been doing her eyes for 
however old she is. So she knows her eyes better than I do. I'm not one of those makeup artists who comes in and says, we're creating a look like we're going to come. That's just not my <laughs> style because I want, I don't want someone to feel weird when they're like walking a red carpet or filming. I don't want them to be like, oh my gosh, is the, um, you know, something weird happening. It's yeah. like the weird applique that you put on the side of my face falling off. So. Oh my God. That's like the worst. in like the us weekly paparazzi photos or whatever, or their red carpet ones. And there's just like a huge makeup fail. Yes. Like they, they do that with wardrobe too. And I always feel bad because you know, somebody is like getting their ass handed to them for that. Yes. You know, yeah. um, uh, did you watch the housewife and the hustler? The, uh, real house. Yeah, I did. Dude, well, that's speaking of makeup. That's why I asked. Cause I was watching on, um, high def television and Danielle Staub sat down and it just looked like spackling gone bad and and like she she it just looked like very bad makeup and i i was like did somebody do this did she do this and like i love actually i think i disagree with a lot of people i thought danielle Saab was hysterical on the housewife and the hustler or oh her. My God, she's I did so too. shady I, I did too yeah i, I, like, I, I don't why know why they brought people, her on first yes she's a but also the fact that she did have criminal the stuff in her background i almost felt like the producers were like kind of trolling her at the same time they as were she trolling was her and they were troll- trolling they were giving us a wink people yes that's what i i was listening i was uh listening to the or watching the daily pop today and they were saying that they hated it and they thought it was just really rushed and and not and why did they use uh you know danielle and dana and i was just like wow i i got it immediately i thought it was really well done and i thought I they highlighted too. the victims i thought it was powerful not rushed at all um so when you go back and watch during quarantine and these are your friends, like these are people that you know on a personal level that we don't know, we see these characters on TV. What's that like? And are you ever shocked? Cause I know you are friends with Jackson Britt. When you go back and watch Jax's bad boy behavior, is that, <laughs> is that funny to you? Is it shocking? Do you realize, well, that's just TV. That's, you know, like, what is that like? Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, I'm in a weird position and I feel like a lot of people want to know this, this angle because it is weird. And gosh, it's, it's so hard to explain because I was a Bravo fan before and rewatching and seeing someone like Jax, who, who has been such a tremendous friend to me during my cancer battle, someone who texts me. Well, this privately. is important to know, actually. This is like you're saying yeah. he actually was a huge support to you. Him and Brittany were a huge support, and Kristen were a huge, and I mean, the entire cast, Stassi and Ariana and Tom, uh, Sandoval and Kate, all of them. But, but you know, really, I'm really, really, really close with Jax and Brittany. And so it was, there. Jax has a surprising level of self-awareness that, I know people are probably <laughs> saying fuck you Jared, right now, but he does have a, a there is a level of self-awareness. So even like I would able when I finally started to rewatch and I could bring something up or before I would rewatch and they would bring something up like the chunky sweater. I was like, what does that mean? What's a chunky sweater? And I never knew. That's iconic. Like, yeah. And I didn't know about it. And I didn't know that, like, for instance, I didn't know for a long time that Kristen and Jax had a thing. Oh, you didn't. Oh my God. So sitting you... over there, like doing Kristen, <laughs> Kristen and Britney's makeup in Jackson and Jackson, Britney's apartment. And like, this is like historical parts of their show and I yeah. had no clue. And so they don't, they're not talking about it, but then no, I go no, back it's... and watch and I'm like, what? <laughs> so you're t- and then yeah, I'm like, you- and he, he dated Stassi. That's like the whole beginning of the show was he was with Stassi. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. 
Yeah, I mean, it really was wild. And that's why, like, I don't know if Vanderpump Rules can ever, and I hate to say this, ever reach the same heights because it was so real. You really had this group of people that were realistically in each other's lives and doing the shit you do as young people, you know, of lying, cheating, stealing from each other. And they, they, they just were at the right place, right time, and the cameras caught it. And it was just this amazing thing that I don't know if if they can ever like you know you can't cast that show anymore you, you know not recast it and the thing is is he and i stand firmly on this as a lover of how of of reality tv i stand firmly you have to have the 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 bad people who do a good job at being bad and i know you know obviously it's been tough for Kristen and stuff with everything but like she's iconic on that you know without her on that show would it be as a, would it be a hit I don't know. Without, no, I mean, you. I mean, you have the she. Uh, so many iconic lines like "suck a suck dick, dick, suck a dick." I mean, like you know. So you do have to give it up in certain things, and it has been such a crazy year uh, when all of that stuff happened. And you have a segment on your show, uh, your podcast, uh, back on the air um, about like you know you you bring up canceling a lot, mm-hmm. or you know yeah, what what are we canceling this <laughs> cancellation coverage? And and in a, in in effect, you know. A lot of the Vanderpump Rules cast got "quote unquote" canceled, even though I I don't know if I necessarily believe in cancel culture in the way that people think it exists. I think people do sometimes get second thoughts, second chances. Um, but that's got to be extremely hard to, you know, you view them as friends as we view them as characters, and we view mm-hmm. them as this certain thing. So that's got to be hard for you to watch them go through, just like it was hard for them to watch you go through your your leukemia struggle. It, yeah, it was. And I think it that's why it was important after like on my second episode, after I talked just basically that gave a debrief about my cancer on my podcast was the first episode. My very first guest was Kristen. And I thought it was important because like you say, there is so much, there's so much more to cancel culture. And, you know, and again, I can't separate, I'm a human being and I cannot separate someone making a mistake from my good friend who was there for me more so than other people that I've known for 20 years of my life. So I can't, you know, I just cannot because they, I mean, they threw fundraisers. They got sir clothes privately and wore my Venmo because I'm half a million dollars. Oh, I remember I I donated. I remember, like, I remember one of the, I mean, I remember... Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, don't worry. You did not start the show over again. This is just to delineate that I am talking about our sponsor today, BetterHelp. I've been talking about them the past couple of weeks, and I could not recommend them more. This is a service that is going to pair you up with a professional licensed therapist. All you have to do is reach out and they will get back to you within 48 hours. Now, this is a service that I actually use that does help me and I could not recommend it more, especially in this day and age. Who at this point wants to drive anywhere unless it's to see your friends and have a great time? This is a great way to do this in the comfort of your own home. And what's so cool is right now, if you visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad, uh, they will give us so bad it's good listeners 10% off your first month. And I think that's just amazing. It's a good way to try something out that I think is going to really help fulfill you and get you to lead a better life. And, you know, we get a little discount. So that's amazing. So once again, go to betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. Now back on with the show. Uh, there were there were many events that I had saw of people supporting you and all that. Yeah. And I always thought it was really so kind of incredible. I just can't separate the, the drama from, like, like I will never put it above. It's kind of, I always feel like, you know, if, if your family was in a court case, you would sit beside behind your family no matter the crime. I feel like that to a degree, you know? Well, that's what I, I keep talking about on the podcast in re regards to Erica Jane and uh, Jen Shaw, because I had Heather Gay from Real Housewives of Salt Lake on a couple weeks ago, and she said she's standing by Jen Shaw. She's like, I'm not going to oh. dip out on her. Yeah, it was really, and I, a lot of people picked up on that quote, and I felt kind of bad for Heather, because if you listen to the interview, she says, hey, I'm, I, even if she's guilty, I do believe in forgiveness and restitution. And that's what I have to believe in for who I am as a person. And I understood it, even though in, in the moment I was like, you know, you're potentially going to get a lot of shit for this. Mm -hmm. And I gave her a chance to, to, to cut that, but she, uh, she did. And I always think about myself of like, well, how far would I go with a friend? Like how far? Cause you know, that you do go through things with friends. And if you do know somebody in real life, you know, one of the things my parents always taught me is you don't give up on somebody. You stand by somebody that's always been good to you. And that always, but I always, and especially it's weird now that this is coming into our reality show life, which is what this last year has done. Mm -hmm. I feel like really is encapsulated into these reality shows but I always wonder that about myself. And I mean, obviously you've gone through that. Um, so I guess let's get to the, the leukemia journey if we can. Sure. How do you find out uh, you're sick? Well, interestingly enough, we were on the press cycle for um, Stassi's book and I started to feel a little bit ill and that would last um, from the around the time just to put it in Vanderpump rules airtime. So uh, yeah. by the way, that's exactly how I use all my calendars. Like, perfect. oh, that's uh that's Jackson Britney's so, wedding. Yeah. Filming schedule wise, during the summer, it started when Stasi and Tom Sandoval got into that fight about not being, you know, in the Tom the, Tom. Yeah, the Tom Tom yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, I was with Stasi that morning doing her glam when she got oh, when she got I, the text. Well, no, she, no, she the got the text before. The, yeah. 
And I came in and she was like, look at this. Like what's, what the fuck? <laughs> and she, I mean, it was real. And that it was part, real. That is part of the appeal. And it was so crazy seeing people comment being like, this is the most staged thing ever. And I was like, you guys have no idea. Like now I don't know what's staged amongst the fact, like, I don't know who got bitten by a spider. I don't know any of that stuff, but I mean, I was with Stassi and I, she was showing me a she, text message. She was really angry. Yeah. yeah. She was and, not fake angry. And so, but I was dealing with that and I, it just stands out because I remember being like, that you know that drama being like damn that's crazy and but i remember being like oh i don't feel good and it carried on from uh, that point until the wedding which was july 1st i came home and basically from july to august of that summer while they wrapped up filming i would go and do their makeup and i would be taking like you know six ibuprofen to fight the headache i'd be taking all these meds and meanwhile, losing 40 pounds. And finally, about the last week of filming, I canceled everything. And I have a wonderful uh, makeup artist friend who assists me and, and Brittany and Kristen and the girls trust as well for to fill in. And so she came and filled in a lot. And then I went to the final big Tom Tom party the night where Jack says, you know, this oh, is the my big show. speech with Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You were, so you I was were there. there. God, that's yeah. So I was there for that and I had to leave early. So I like had a few drinks and, you know, kind of hung around. I always kind of avoid the cameras, especially after I'm working. Cause I always look like I'm in a black sweatsuit and just like kind of look, you know, I'm not, I'm not dressed up for a party if I'm yeah, already yeah, yeah. there on site doing glam. And so I left there and went to an emergency room from that party. And I was like, I do not feel good. And basically that was near, nearing the end of August, my parents came down and a series of doctors and finally one doctor said you need to go to a place where they can test you for everything and that's what they did and then within two days i had the leukemia diagnosis august 27th 2019 um so it scares me so much i always think about that in terms of doctors of like i asked my doctor who my my general practitioner is not really good at even responding back but i as you get older i said hey how do i know if i ever have something like, do you, do you guys just, does the blood work tell you everything? And he's like, you know what? You, you gotta kind of be your best advocate if you don't feel well. And I'm like, yeah. what? Like, I was like, so I could potentially have to like, I don't feel well my entire life. Like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um, so you find this out, um, you say about your like attitude now coming out on the other side of this, but what was your attitude beforehand? Did you feel like it was a death sentence? What was your attitude when you got that diagnosis? Are you, have you always been an extremely positive person? No, I was actually an extreme hypochondriac and. Oh, wow. So, so it was almost like this Told bad co cosmic joke of being like, ha ha ha. You always think you're sick. Guess what? Now you're really sick. Um, but really when you hear those words, I mean, it's just like, it's surreal. You know, you're on medications and it's just surreal. And it was so weird because I was booked on like a job. I went on on a Saturday to the emergency room, not expecting to be kept. I was expecting to be given antibiotics, like strong. I was expecting them to say, oh, you caught some. They all thought I caught some infectious disease in Kentucky because they were like, where have you traveled? Where have you traveled? And I was, have you traveled out of the country? Have you been to like anywhere where there's malaria? And I was like, well, I went to Kentucky and they were like, were you out in the wilderness? Like it could be Lyme's disease. I was like, no, I was in a Were you near hole. Jack's? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was in a cat castle in Kentucky. I really don't think, and like, I'm not like, look <laughs> at me. I'm, I'm, you know, the same color as ceramic. Like I don't go outside. Like yeah. I, I highly doubt a bug bit me, but I was like, it could be anything at this point. So, you know, they said the diagnosis and it's just a shock. Everything, everything comes to an end, you know, comes to a screeching halt. Your whole life just stops and it becomes, 
all the things I would stress about like my next job and wondering like, was someone happy with their makeup or like, could I have done a better job? And just all those imposter syndrome things just fucking vanish. And you're like, okay, I got to, you know, I have a supportive family and I will say my mom is very positive. So she kind of gave me the positivity and she told me to start saying mantras and say stuff like, you know, you're not going to die. And I mean, because that's how I am. I'm, I'm pretty dark humor. And yeah. I was like, you know, I would ask the doctor every day, am I going to die? Am I going to die? To the point yeah. where I finally got him to say, okay, I'm going to say you're not going to die, but you can't say I told you that, you know, because like, obviously they're dealing with, they can't, you know, they can't be held liable for whatever. But um, yeah, it was, I, I mean, I just don't know how to describe it besides yeah, I mean, world shattering. I mean, and I know you're still, I mean, I'm sure this is something that you will have to, you know, like you're, 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 you're no, you don't have le leukemia anymore, correct? I'm in remission, but, like remission. The, but the recovery is going to be, it's, I'm still in recovery from, cause I had to get a transplant to get my blood, you know, cleared of my cancerous cells. So I'd had to get a donor, um, to replace my stem cell to my blood cells. So it was, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. You know? And I mean, so, and you, I, I remember you like, you lost your hair, you like, you know, like it affected like, and, it, and I, that, that had to have been interesting just in like for what you do with like makeup and look based to watch your own, uh, you know, visage kind of change over this, the course, you know, and we, I guess yeah. you probably also find out you're so much more than your look, you know? Yeah. And I actually had a weird, it did not phase me as much as I thought, I, I, you know, some of it, for being a makeup artist, I'm very not beauty driven. I'm not, I'm very much, and again, this could be the post-cancer talking, but, but I always felt like I, like I said, I never wanted to go in and take over someone's makeup. I always wanted to add to it. So when I lost my hair, I actually had a lot of fun doing makeup on myself and trying out. And I thought like the, some of my favorite pictures are me with my bald head. So you know, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's, 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 it was kind of cool. It was a, and it was a lesson. It was a lesson that beauty comes in a lot of forms and not to be so hard on myself, you know, like, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I imagine that it's more. taught you like insane lessons, but is that why, I mean, is that part of the reason that brought you to the podcast? Like, do you have, did it make you feel like I've, I've got something to say? Like, I mean, on the coming out on the other side of this or being in remission, uh, that's got to change your whole outlook on life in, in certain ways. And, and you, I, I think it's really cool that you get to share that on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things when, uh, you know, one of my friends from Embassy Row talked about the possibility of sharing this cancer story, I knew that it had to be more than cancer because there are so many specific podcasts about that. And also I couldn't mentally deal with a podcast about cancer. You know, I just got through two years of treatment. I can't do week after week of just talking about more cancer stuff. I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm an advocate. I'm on the board of ambassadors for Be The Match, which is a donor organization. Yeah, what which, is that? We talked about that before we Be The Match. That's uh, what kind of organization is that? It's a nonprofit that basically it's a, a donor registry where you do a swab of your DNA on the inner of your cheek and they keep this in a database. And if anyone like me uh, needs a uh, transplant and this cures everything from blood cancers to sickle cell anemia, diseases, blood disorders. And it, it's one of the biggest ways to cure children who are affected by leukemia. Um, I think like, 95% of certain leukemias are children, which is really scary and sad, but this bone marrow transplant cures, uh, most, a lot of different types of blood diseases and blood cancers like mine and be the match just basically facilitates people like you who are healthy to do a cheek swab, send it in. They keep you in the database. And in one day, if someone like me is in need and we are a match on a genetic level, um, 
you know, like on DNA scientists, yeah. smart people shit. And <laughs> they will, then they will give you a call and say, hey, can you come in for an extended blood draw where we basically it's like a plasma donation. And from yeah. that plasma, they're able to remove the particular stem cells put it into me just through an IV, no pain, no, you know, nothing, nothing traumatic. And literally it saves people's people's lives. And it's a nonprofit. It's not even government funded, which is so insane that, you know, people don't know about it as much. So I just, well, you guys, you guys listening, this is, we're going to put the information on the description, but I'm definitely going to do this. So I hope a lot of you or some of you at least will join me in this because it seems pretty easy. And I got to tell you, I donated plasma. Well, not donated. I got $40 per plasma draw in college so I could buy CDs. I would just sit there and eat cookies. So I'm going to do this for free. I think this is totally worthwhile, but really check it out because you could save this. Under, it's just plasma. It's like nothing, you know? It's literally nothing. And like the guy who did it, he has no idea. He's like, he just was like, Hey, you're a mattress one. Can you come, come for, you know, get a, get a shot to whatever, and then come draw your blood. And he said, sure. He has no idea. He saved my life without him. I was 50, 50 with him. I became closer to 80, 20. And now because it's been over a year, I'm like 99. So that's awesome. Saved my life. So be the match is, you know, and that's why I'm so proud to be a a board of ambassador. And so that's another reason why I started this podcast is because I want to be able to share what I've learned from my personal experience. But then as I was going through all this recovery and healing myself and starting my second chance on what that would look like, cancel culture was becoming this thing. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening not just to people I watch on TV, but to my friends. And I was like, this is affecting everything. And then I was like, this ties into all, like I'm having a second chance. My friend Kristen has to have a second chance. Like what's going on? So then I kind of talked, you know, to my amazing executive producer, Sarni, and she was like, you know, why don't we do a show that's less micro focused on that? And then we can talk about you know, all your favorite things, pop culture, Britney Spears, the pop girls of the 2000s, who, how they were, you know, canceled and, and all of that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. And- I mean, it really is. And you guys, he has, it's such a good energy. Like his voice has such a good energy. I was listening to some of them today and it just really, it made me uh, very happy. And I really do believe, well, I mean, I have to, I want to believe in second chances and things like that. And you guys know, I went through a divorce and stuff and I come out on the other end of that. And sometimes I wonder about like, okay, do I, you know, like your second chance at like trying mm-hmm. to potentially find somebody down the line and stuff like I, you know, second chances are about so many things in our lives, you know, and, and I do believe in second chances. Um, you brought up Britney Spears, though. What is your take on the free Britney movement on? I, I believe she's going to appear in court uh, oh, over the you've summer. Opened, you've opened a box, baby. No, I, 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 I've talked Britney about this a couple of times. So <laughs> what is your take on all of this? Because we just got this week, actually, one of the um, I think one of the judges or producers on X Factor when she was on came out and, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately gave some damning quotes about just saying that she really wasn't there kind of mentally the whole time. And, and uh, he, he was, you know, said she's amazing, but just, she, he felt very bad for her. And this was like, Mm -hmm. what is that? Like eight or nine years ago? Yeah. Yeah. 2011, 2012, something like that. I mean, what is your take on her? What, 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 what is going on with Britney? I mean, my take and Listen, a lot of this is based on actual court documents. Not, I, I don't really deal with the hearsay kind of stuff. She, What appears to happen is she was put into a fraudulent conservatorship at 27 years old because she was dealing with uh, possible drug issues and definitely uh, postpartum issues after having two babies and a divorce happen. I believe that her father and her team got greedy and they found at the beginning, I do think they were coming from a place of love and they truly thought this is the only way to help her. And I think 
when they saw the amount of money she could make from immediately the comeback that she had and her quote second chance, which really was not a real second chance for her at all. They used her kids who were just babies as uh, bargaining chips to get her leverage. Yeah. To get her to perform. And I, they, I mean, this is all, this is all documented stuff. It was supposed to be a one-year conservatorship so she could do the tour so she could get insurance. There's footage of her leaving the courtroom way back in 20, 2008 or 2009 after the years up. And she's leaving the courtroom crying because they said to extend it because they wanted her to do another tour and she needed more insurance. There are so many horrible things at play here. It is so corrupt that there's no, there's no easy way to say, like, oh, well, Britney Spears is unwell and she needs this. Or the point is Britney Spears, here's what we know court factually. She does not want her dad anywhere near her or her money or her personal self because he abused her grandchildren and has a restraining order against them. And that's her only thing that she's asking for. And he won't even do that. He's fighting tooth and nail to stay on, at least for the financial aspect, which shows how fucked up it is. And by the way, none of those posts you're seeing on Instagram are coming from Britney Spears. See, that that, that was that. my next question is like, how do you explain this kind of like lyrical poetry jibber jabber that she like puts on this Instagram where it just like feels like it's like painting, painting her as a potential person that's lost her mind, you know? Listen, I said this as soon as they said Britney is going to speak in court, which was announced month, you know, a few months ago, I said on immediately on my Instagram, I said, you are going to see a very specific narrative come to play of Britney is going to appear either extremely insane and nutty. And we are going to hear so many stories coming out about how she seems unwell. And they're going to be vague enough where like his story from the X factor, it's vague enough. It's like, was that Britney's fault or was she being over-medicated? Because yeah, people yeah. forget she doesn't have control over her own medication. She is in a probate conservatorship. She is not in a mental health conservatorship. So they have control of her, not just her finances, but they have control over her own autonomy. So if she rejects medicine, they can cancel things. If she, if she rejects medicine, they can, check her into an institution if he signs the papers on her behalf that is the equivalent of britney spears saying so they can legally say britney spears voluntarily checked herself into a rehab facility and voluntarily took these medicines because her dad signs the paper because she for all intents and purposes is not a person she can't vote she can't drive she can't see her kids she's never had custody of her kids since she was in the conservatorship that was a myth started by tmz paid for by team britney's team to um, make it look like this was like a very healthy, happy arrangement they had. But her dad always had 50-50 custody with Kevin. So when her, her dad abused the kids last summer, he physically assaulted one of the boys. He got a restraining yeah, order. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't we know that something happened with one yep. of her sons and the father? Yep. Restraining order. And so now she's not been able to see her boys hardly at all. And definitely not with her father. So it makes sense why she wouldn't. And the the craziest thing is she's not even trying to terminate the conservatorship right now. She's just trying to get access back to her social media. She's just trying to get access to not having a thousand dollar a week allowance, you know? And again, this this is all just based off money. This is all just money. This is all just, I mean, I, I, and there was like a good period of time where, you know, she had the planet Hollywood thing. And I, I mean, I really did think, you know, for, there was a couple of years where I was like, Oh, Brittany's great. Like Brittany, you know, just from the casual, like, you know, viewer, I was like, Oh, she's releasing albums and, and stuff like that. And then kind of everything seems to have fallen apart again. And I just don't. And I, I watched that framing Britney Spears, the, mm-hmm. the documentary, but so this thing that she supposedly is going to be at, I think is this summer, right? Where she's going it's to ask June 23rd, baby. 
and I will be. We're at in the, the month of June right now. Are, yeah. are you going to be at the courthouse for real? I will be. She's not going to be. Got, there. I just found no, out. No, I know, but, but you got to do like man on oh, the street uh, interviews for your podcast and stuff like that. That oh, is I will so be reporting amazing. live from the courtroom if I can get in. I was in the courtroom once, and I did see her in 2019 before I got sick. Um, and it was one of the. It was right when the Free Britney movement was kicking off, and I did see her in the courtroom once. And then they asked us to leave because it was going to be a closed thing. Interestingly enough, Britney herself, via her lawyer, wants the case to be public and open to the public, which is very suspicious that her father and her team doesn't want that, but she and her mother are okay with it being opened. And this is court documents. So people who are doubting me, wondering if I'm like making this up, this is a factual court document. Anyone can look this up. So, I mean, and just to tie it in, you guys, with Housewives, uh, Tom Girardi, of course, Erica Jane's uh, oh my uh, husband, he just got uh, a conservatorship. He And he asked in a, a court proceeding, I, I believe last week, to terminate the conservatorship or to allow. And I was like, you know, which is very interesting for somebody that supposedly has Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. He was trying to, but I just thought it's so interesting that Tom Girardi and Britney Spears are in the same kind of conservatorship. That is so dumb. Like Tom Girardi, I get it. Like also, you know, if you, if you are at that state mentally, you probably do need a conservatorship, especially when you're being sued for millions and millions of dollars. But Britney Spears is a breathing, functional young person with a, a great career ahead of her. And I just don't, it, it, there is something feels so dark. Cause I just don't get that. This would be all over money. It just seems so it's so a waste. scary. And then you have to think about it. Like, Kanye West got put into a, you know, a 70, yeah. 50, 150 and he got a conservatorship. Justin Bieber had issues. Nothing happened with him. So it is misogyny rooted. And then you compare it to Amanda Bynes who had actual, oh. I mean, she was trying to light dogs on fire is like light fire. Well, I remember like, those apartment videos when she, yeah. she was just like winking at the camera and yeah. And, but she was literally trying to like harm animals and set them on fire in people's driveways. And she's still in a normal conservatorship where her parents have, have a say, so she can't blow through her money, but they don't have access to her money, which is what I'm saying. And that's all we're saying for Brittany. It's like, she doesn't need to be in this kind of, like, she doesn't need to be told uh, to take a bath. Well, I mean, we talked about aspirational with the housewives earlier. And it's like, you would think a pop star, like we, a lot of lady, a lot of, I mean, so many people wanted to be Britney Spears was like, uh, that's exactly who I want to be. She shaped, a gener- she shaped a generation. And now you like, you're like, I would not want to touch her life with a 10 foot pole. Like, it's like a truly a tragedy. And she's not even, she's not, she's not sick. She's not dying. She's like, she's, she, I don't know. So it really does like fascinate me. This whole case. I asked uh, Ariana and uh, her friend, Logan, my friend, my buddy, Logan, they were on talking about Britney Spears like a year, year or so ago. Oh, what, I love what, Logan and yeah, yeah, he's so, Ariana, yeah. But why, why does Britney Spears have such uh, meaning to everybody? Like it really is. She is one of those people that really stands alone. I feel uh, yeah. in terms of pop stars. I mean, you know, it, it's very interesting. But why, to you, does she have this sort of meaning? I mean, for me, I became a super fan when she was going through the rough times, to be honest. And I related to them. And I think as queer people, we relate to a lot of her um, her music. Because she's a gay icon, which is so interesting because she doesn't do anything overtly gay. Where some, you know, Christina Aguilera, for instance, has a, a pride merch collection and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And people pant. And she doesn't do anything like that. She's obviously supportive of the community. Um, but there's just something about her her energy and her kindness that I think radiates. And it's so interesting because even I remember like all these clips went viral after the framing Britney Spears video. And it was like Oprah Winfrey saying, 
Brittany, I have to tell you, and Brittany looked so nervous. And she said, we've had everyone in here. Every superstar has been through this. And the entire crew is raving about how polite and kind you are. And I think she radiates that from within. I think it's a goodness within her that we love. And that's why, you know, she's obviously beautiful and sexy. So boy, it's like that thing. Boys want to fuck her. Girls want to be her, whatever. But it's also, it's so much more than that because it's like, you want her to be your friend. I want her to be my big sister. I want her to be my mom. I want her to be like my best friend, you know, like all of this stuff, because She's also been through so much that we, you know, now, especially if you know all she's been through with the divorce. And so there's just something you can relate to on any aspect of her career. And I think that's what's happening. I think people relate to the postpartum. I think people relate to the divorce. I think people relate to the, I think all women can relate to the slander and the misogyny they feel at different times in their lives. And I think framing Britney Spears did not do a good job of showing her current situation and how corrupt it is. But I think it did a great job of showing the system that got us to this point where we are so okay with putting a woman in a conservatorship because she seems air quote crazy. You know, I, I couldn't believe they got her uh, old assistant Felicia on there. Oh, Felicia's such an icon. I, I, but I was just like, Oh my God, that, like, that, that to me was a get was like, how did she even get permission to do this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that she was just in her like kind of backwoods home. Yep. Just like, and you know, she had toured the whole world with Brittany, you know, and she's just in this home with some, I don't know. I thought it was really fascinating. Um, the last thing I want to touch on, do you, do you have 10 or 15 more minutes? Or are you good? Oh my gosh. I could stay on okay. till 4 PM. Well, well, okay. We're two more hours. You guys know. Um, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk to you about the Kardashians uh, right before uh, we started. I think you were going like viral on something. Oh what, what was that? <laughs> okay. So, oh my God, I don't use TikTok a lot, but anyways, I got tagged in something about this this duo, these twin duo Kardashian adjacent women called Simi Hayes. One is named Simi, one is named Hayes. That's their fake name. They made it up. <laughs> Anyways, their older or younger brother is this guy named Your Boy Faye. I'm sure people have seen him on with Kendall. He's one of Kendall yeah. Jenner's best friends, and he's always like was Courtney, he hangs out with Courtney too. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. They, they're not sure, and then people say he's gay, and like all these rumors about him. Whatever. At some point, he he's disappeared from their family and he posted something cryptic. He's dating someone new and was just posted something cryptic. Like, you know, I'm having a happy life. Like I'm moving forward. What I love, I ever? love cryptic social media posts. I love, I, especially when it comes love- with like a Kardashian, like, hanger honor there's just nothing better than a kardashian hanger honor they're just oh, so well it's a special type of desperate if they're if they're you know because they're, they're they feel so connected to something so big and they just are they just don't matter in the world of the kardashian so it's so I, fascinating. I said a little prayer last night for all the uh c-level kardashian friends like food god and all that i was like they're out of work after this week like they're yeah. really literally potentially out of work so you guys at home say a little prayer for all those people but say, so- say a prayer for seeing Hayes because let me tell you they're struggling so what happened was i had the dis- pleasure of working with them and i am not one of those people who reveals like deep dark secrets of my clients i love every client i've worked with i've worked with several times um because i build a relationship with them and i no matter even if the makeup's not exactly what they want i fix it and they'll book me again because i'm a you know i'm a i'm just I'm just not this type of person. Anyways, I had a disastrous experience with them where it was several makeup artists. They were curating something for a thing called beauty con, which is some stupid, you know, it's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. 
bed. And they were curating it. They were in charge of like the vibe, which could you get <laughs> more, more LA? They were like DJs and, and they were just given handfuls of money. We were at Milk Studios, which is like where they shoot yeah. all the Kardashian promos. And they just, they they hired their model friend to be the camera lady. They hired all their friends to be the talent. They were the talent and the creative directors. And they had to have the staff from Milk come in to show them how to work lights, how to work the camera. And then they treated everyone like shit. I mean, at one point she took off a watch and told a guy, she said, do you know how much this cost? I don't know which one they look the same to me because they're twins. I mean, it was a vile stuff and I'm so disgusted with myself that I didn't speak up sooner. But the one thing that really got me was they were using their, their lookbook, if you will call it that, was an Instagram folder and I, they gave me their phone to go through. And these were very abstract, very artsy type things. And listen, I don't care about people stealing creative stuff. Like it's the internet. It's kind of like, if you post it and you don't have it trademarked, you're fucked, you know? So yeah. whatever. But it's still as shitty as a creator and as a small creator like myself that they were showing me pictures of people with like 200 followers who created these beautiful, elaborate face paintings, right? And I'm talking like lilac fading into yellow, whatever, and geometric shapes. And they wanted us to copy these every single look they wanted us to copy down to the point if I said well why don't we try a different color because your skin is this color and your eyes are this color and she says no the picture says this so what I'm saying is the girls didn't have a creative thought in their body they the people they they were just stealing they were stealing the people they hired didn't know how to do the job they were hired for so they basically shook shook beauty con out for everything they were worth because we're they were up in the vip lounge they would come down i almost left i had a producer running after me offering me a 500 increase for my already so i was getting paid almost double now if i would just stay for the finishing two hours that's how bad it got and it's hard to describe over this like it's just everyone who knows who's encountered these girls agree anyways I got tagged. They were releasing a beauty line because it's 2021 and everyone's releasing a fucking beauty line. <laughs> and they're doing sticker sticker eyeliner. And coincidentally, guess who they partnered with in 2017? A sticker eyeliner company. So someone casually tagged me and said, hey, Jared, didn't you mention something about them stealing stuff? And then I see all the comments of tagging the other brand that they had worked with. And they're just like being like, this is someone, someone else's idea. And again, I don't really care. So I just wrote back and said, yeah, they steal everyone's idea. Like, LOL, that's just the way they are. You know, whatever. Yeah. I woke up to a message from the account threatening defamation lawsuit and to be persecuted not prosecuted, just, just, just like persecuted, just like Jesus in, in the court of law. And so I could not take it. So I decided I'm not going to do it on my Instagram. So I just made a little video on TikTok. And I thought I'm going to wait, call wait, it. why, why TikTok and why not Instagram? Was it just like, Instagram, oh, you know, Instagram is like my, I, I, I just use Instagram petty. for it's pictures. Not, okay. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and TikTok, I have like 200 followers on TikTok. Like I don't yeah. do anything on TikTok. So I thought I'm going to, it'll be a fun place to <laughs> vent. And my friend said, post it on TikTok. I mean, I'm not stupid. I know TikTok videos. I know TikTok's where all the viral videos go, but it's like, don't threaten me persecution uh, it's pride month. First of all, you can move. I'm gay. Second of all, don't do not threaten me persecution. Like you cannot call, give me a lawsuit with every other person. And then they had the audacity to tell me I need to delete the comments. You delete them. It's your account. You delete it. So anyways, I posted a very short video just being like, Oh yeah, I had a really weird experience with them. They're horrible. And next thing I know, um, you know, I got this DM and they told me they were going to persecute me in a court of law. And 
40, I mean, 45,000 views later, people are Holy commenting shit. being like, same thing happened to me. They're horrible. I worked at the salon. They came in. They're the meanest people I've ever met. My boyfriend had to quit working with Kylie Jenner's team because she was associated with, I mean, these stories are coming out about them. And it's just funny because, um, like you said, it's just like, and these aren't even C-list. These are like, their brother is like a C-list friend of the Kardashians. So these are like Z-list Kardashian adjacent. <laughs> so it's just so funny. But apparently this is their tactic is to sue. And I just, I, it's very- Wait, broad. so how do you deal with it? Like I, I always get, I, I mean, I think I will get sued one day, I'm sure from something I've said horribly. Um, But like, how do you deal with, I mean, do you, you I mean, do you go, okay, sue me? Like, I mean, oh, what well, do you- I wrote back. I actually, <laughs> I love to write back to things uh, very- um. It just depending on my moon. And like I said, I'm still recovering from cancer. And it's like, don't mess with me. Like there was a hundred people, um, you know, commenting this stuff. I, I didn't save the message, but um, I wrote back and just told them, I said, this is a, I said, just, I said, LOL, you can delete the comment if you'd like. And I, I you know, and I said, I realize you're just an intern doing your job. Uh, uh, and I feel sorry for you that you have to work for such toxic, horrible employers. But I will tell you this, if this account ever contacts me again, it will not be you. It will not be myself being persecuted, but it will be you being prosecuted. Don't Boom. ever speak to me again. And they saw it and they didn't speak to me. And then I went on and posted a TikTok video. So <laughs> I, I feel that. validated because people are agreeing with me. Now, I would be. People, <laughs> a few people called me out because I was doing this like crazy makeup look on myself. And they're like, oh, well, if you look like that coming in, I wouldn't do your makeup either. And I said, well, sweetie, you're not having a photo shoot ever in your life. So that's fine. You don't have to worry about that. Um, the internet is such a trash box, but it's very useful. And it's, it's been uh, useful, yeah. Um, oh my god, I I I went to sleep. I th I think I told this story last weekend. It, um, this guy's uh, Zane, one of the Backstreet, no, one of One Direction. Oh Zane. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, he had gotten into a bar fight at like two in the morning in New York uh, a couple weeks ago, and I I was it was like really late at night and I saw that story and I thought it was really silly. And I just tweeted, just, just innocuous. I just tweet stupid stuff. And I just wrote, Hey, just got into a fight with Zane. Uh, you know, and I was like, and I put like an, like a, not like a frown face. Didn't think anything of it. Wake up at like four hours later. And I always just check my phone. Cause I'm a maniac. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this tweet's really blowing up. I was like, I don't even think it was that funny. And it was Zane, Zaniacs, Zane's fans going, we found the guy that did it. We found the guy that hit Zane. And then all of a sudden I got, I'm still getting DMS to every one of my accounts going and they, they don't know how to like spell correct. Like it's all like yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you will die and you will, you will never, you will never be the man that Zane is. I like, I know I won't be the man that I live in Los Angeles. I don't even live in New York where this happened. Like I don't <laughs> see why their fans don't do a little detail. Like, do you see that? I just shit post. There's no realness on my account at all. And I'm still getting like, I mean, they like found my parents and stuff. And I was just like, how do you explain? Like I had to explain to my dad and he's already disappointed in what I do, you know, like, and then I'm like, <laughs> well, I got it's just so weird. Um, I do have to ask a makeup question though. In terms of the Kardashians, are they, are they aspirational? Do they, are, are you, are you, do you think their makeup is stunning? Do you, I mean, cause I feel like they really have changed uh, beauty standards. Some, I think kind of totally. a little bit for the worse in some ways totally. uh, throughout that family. What is your kind of take on them? Well, I've had the really uh, 
lucky opportunity because i also want to say like i don't hate the kardashians at all i don't either i I talk about them every week just because of cini hayes who they are who they were associated with i think they were i think there's a reason they're no longer associated with those vile vile girls i think because they are good people and i've had the the pleasure of working with kim kardashian when she went to the covenant house we were hired a bunch of makeup artists were hired to do makeovers for the homeless women that was on the the Covenant house yeah yeah exactly it was on the show and um I will say Kim's kindness as she sat down there with the ladies and got uh, her nails done with, by like, you know, not, not someone famous, just a normal nail artist who was there donating their time and seeing her interact with the people. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, this changes my perception of her a lot, but I will say this in person, she is stunning in an alien way. It's, it's aesthetically pleasing, I can't imagine a person saying now after seeing her in in real life, I can't imagine a person being like Kim Kardashian is sexy. And the same with Chloe. I've only met Chloe and Kim and Chloe Chloe's makeup is objectively bad without the proper lighting because if she turns the right the wrong corner you you get this you know shit stain down her cheek and she yeah. she really contours her nose and I just think it creates I I don't like it because I I I like that they're empowerment feminisms with feminist which is something I learned like they're breaking glass ceilings for themselves and like showing that women can do anything men can do but I don't like that they're not liberating feminists where they're not changing the beauty standards for the better they're leaning into the to the male gaze beauty standards so I think it's very divisive I think for what they've done for what Kim's done outside of her beauty stuff is really aspirational but i think their looks are being i think their looks are on the tail end i think we're leaning into like the billy eilish the olivia rodrigo look we're we're little pops of color more natural that's what we're looking for and i think we're getting away from that you know kylie jenner face which will be interesting to see and yeah i think very- we'll see less fillers and less um sculption sculpting of the face which is what kim looked like kim didn't look like she had a lot of makeup on she just didn't look natural god that, i mean that really is i i was looking at a photo of chloe the other day and i i said oh my god i i get so confused it's like i feel like they're all going to the same surgeon or something because they're all morphing into one another mm-hmm. including like amelia hamlin who's with scott now i was like you they, they're all like looking the same and i was like that's so weird that has to be by design like somebody's doing this where they're all morphing into one person i mean they i was like literally is this like some kind of like army that's happening like and they're just like it's a clubhouse but i was like there is something i think we always forget of like being unique looking you know like of like actually like a little bit of a crooked nose or a little bit you know like that to me is like actually insanely sexy and stuff and i hope people realize that because i think these kind of beauty standards are are just they're you can't reach them you know without Anytime in pop culture, we have a swinging pendulum and we went far to the contour. And I think now we're in the mid, the middle. And I think by the end of this year and like once Billie Eilish is back on tour and like, like I I keep referencing her just because her, her, you know, she's such, I mean, she's just taking over the. Did you watch that documentary? Oh, hell yeah. Wasn't it so good? It was really good. It was fascinating. So good. And I just think that's where we're headed is that kind of that glassy skin, simple mascara, none of these heavy lashes. And I think we'll go almost the opposite direction where, you know, the pendulum will swing, especially coming out of the pandemic. I could be dead wrong. People may want to just take their face with as much makeup as possible and go to the clubs. 
I know I sure as shit don't want to do that. <laughs> Wait, what are you, uh, I mean, when, when we're opening back up in Los Angeles, what are you looking forward to? Like, you I know. Mean, I want to go to a movie. You know, LA yeah. has the fancy movie theaters. I love the fancy movie theaters. I love to kick my feet up. It was very sad that the arc light closed. Oh my gosh. Like, it really, it was like very, uh, I was like, they oh, that really scared me. one too? Yeah, that really scared me, you know. AMC is wow. still kicking, and AMC just actually made a deal to buy all the Pacific theaters. So we got AMC's, like, the juggernaut. But it, it was, like, kind of a bummer because I was like, oh, I want to go to the Cinerama Dome, and it's not open, yeah. you know? Yeah. Damn. What's your first concert you're going to go to? Have you already bought tickets? Oh, well, I'm planning on seeing Christina Aguilera at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, she's doing, like, two dates, I think. Or, doing yeah. two dates, and... Uh, um, iconic enough. She was my first concert and she was my last concert before the pandemic. And before my transplant, I went with Brittany and Kristen from Vanderpump rules. They hooked it up. We flew. I uh, saw that. I saw that on, uh, uh so, some of their stories, I think. Yes, yeah. I remember and it that. was so iconic because we flew there with, uh, Giada de Laurentiis and oh. which I like lived and we stayed in, um, Elvis's top floor suite of his old residency place. Um, it was so iconic and so old school. And it looked like the decor was kind of like the Olive Garden meets Britney Spears' house. It was like <laughs> so cool and old fashioned. And Michelle Obama was in the audience sitting in front of uh. me and Britney and Kristen. How iconic is that? And there was an article written about it. And it said uh, from like the Daily Mail. And it said, celebrities in attendance included Michelle Obama, Brittany Cartwright, Kristen Doty, and Jared Lipscomb. Oh my God. And that moment I knew I was going to beat cancer. Oh, I love that so much. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm just looking forward to going to uh, Buca de Beppo, Dorit's room. Uh, That's kind of what I'm- Can I come with you, Ryan? Yo, please. Yes. I hope hope we'll be friends after this. Um, um, the, The last- uh, two last things. Who's your dream guest on your podcast? And you can't say Britney Spears. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, oh, my God. Duh, Paris Hilton. Yeah, she would be amazing. I mean, like, oh, no, but I would want to do a Paris and Kathy. Oh, God. That's what I, I want to know. I'm so because I'm a diehard Paris. Um, I oh, my God. Like, I have met her so many times in full drag. And I now knowing how her mother is, I want to know what. Like I have so many more questions, especially after her documentary. It should have yeah. been this is Kathy. Like that's what. The oh my god! And and, and people, you know, like this is, uh, you know, people were giving Kathy such a hard time right now. I mean, everybody loves her, but then there's like this kind of underlying thing I keep mentioning on the podcast of like, well, did you watch the Paris documentary? I'm like, Kathy didn't think she was sending her daughter off to potentially oh get harmed. She yeah. thought she made a potential bad decision but she thought in the end she was helping a what she thought was a troubled uh teen uh and it potentially was the wrong thing to do but i don't think she had a you know and uh, danny pellegrino actually said this on the pod and i so thought it was really cool she said we we take our we should take our cues from paris and paris seems to have an amazing relationship with her mom exactly. right now exactly and if paris is okay with kathy we should all be okay with Kathy, you know, like, and I, and, and then watching her on Beverly Hills has just been such a revelation, such a breath of fresh air to have that kind of comedic energy. I, I just, I love it so much. I really, I, I just mean, how, love it. The, I mean, I know you've covered her, but just what a gift for 2021, yeah. what we went through in 2020, it was all worth it for Kathy Hilton to be a friend of. I know. And then, but Paris, I mean, really would be an amazing guest because if you think about just in pure pop culture, She's created so much. She's been around so much. I mean, and I always think it's so interesting if you look at that famous uh, paparazzi photograph uh, photograph of Paris, Brittany, and Lindsay. Is it Lindsay? Was it's it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paris, Brittany, and Lindsay. And just to see that Paris is the one 
that is out there rocking it, making money. You know, like, you know, Lindsay has had troubles and Britney's had trouble. And you would never have thought that Paris would be the one in 2021 head held high, making millions of dollars. You know, like I really I got to give it up. And she's just seen and been around everything pop culture related. You know, she has. And I would just love to pick her brain and just I mean, you know, she's very weird because she doesn't lean into her nostalgia, which I think is bad for her brand. Like she, she she's always trying to show that, like, look, I'm at the forefront and I really think I mean, maybe I shouldn't have her on because I'd probably end up just giving her advice of what she needs to do, which is <laughs> release Paris, the album 2.0, first of all. Oh my God, did you see Stars Are Blind made like the top 10 uh, charts uh, a couple weeks ago? Oh my like, God, I'm so happy for still, her. Like, I mean, like, it is in like the song is actually pop more popular now than it was when she released it. I mean, I will never forget this hilarious video clip of Lady Gaga back in like two when she was still like the you know bangs and dress like wearing the origami dresses and just looking you know kind of cheap. And she came up to Paris on this video and she was like, "Paris P- Stars Are Blind is the po- best pop record of all time." And you should do that weird monotone Lady Gaga voice. Yeah, yeah. And La- Paris sounds like, "Oh my God, let's do a song together!" And you could see Paris was like, legitimately like, "Let's do a song together, like uh, right now." And uh, there, and she was like, "Yeah, definitely, anytime." And obviously, I guess that never it, happened. What if they have like a duets album next month and you have to eat your words? Uh, I feel like, I do by the way, eat those words. I will say that I say this all the time. Sheena Shea, good as gold, is like stars are blind. We can get it back on top, you guys. We can get it back on top. Uh, final question: How do I make myself look less dead? What would you recommend? <laughs> is there um, uh, it was just concealer? What, what do guys do? I know I don't really have a, a guy audience, but uh, <laughs> you uh, know what though? I actually am working a lot with a brand that Tom Sandoval works with. Oh, the Rick. the camo, the manoflage, or the it's, it's called it? Strix Strix Male Cosmetics, and it is very handy. It's a pen. It comes in a pen form, and there's only three shades. And you, I mean. You look on the website, I can't really tell it from the Zoom call, but you're either a shade one or two. That's as simple as that. And just get a little, the little pen, stick it under your eyes. It's really the eyes that makes us look the most tired, especially for guys. Yeah. And stick it on the, under the eyes, just a few, and r- take your ring finger and just kind of blend it in and you will look wide awake. And if you want to get some sort of like, you know, powder or mattifying thing to not look so shiny when you're doing all your big TV interviews now that the world's opened up. <laughs> I can give you a pointers on that later. Yeah, I mean, but, but, concealer yeah. and powder for a guy. That's the main, that's I'm the gonna, main routine for a guy. I'm going to bathe in that concealer. Um, uh, once again, uh, what is the, the, the foundation you were talking about in terms of donating plasma and things like that? What is that called again? Yeah, that, so be the match.org is for bone marrow donate donors to sign up. So go to be the match.org. And just and I'll put that you guys on the description. I think yes. that's really important. I think it's like, seems like a really easy thing to do. And, you know, it would actually, I think, make you feel pretty good that you actually did something really cool. You would, that means you survived a pandemic and you did something cool on top of that. That's like two amazing things in a year that you could do. Um, and also the podcast, you guys, this is a fairly new podcast. So we have to support, you guys know how we support. We support by subscribing to the podcast and we rate it five stars, even if we have not listened to it yet. That is one of the kind things you can do it is the freest thing that you can do um and you know jared now you know how good he is so go check out his pod it is weekly you need this energy in your life uh you go follow his instagram as well is there anything that i'm i'm leaving out 
No, I would love, thank you so much for the support. And likewise, we have to rate and review each other. It helps so much. So thanks for calling that out. That is so helpful. And yes, it's back on air with Jared Lipscomb um, produced by Embassy Row. And I think you'll be a guest soon. We'll I please, I, anytime. I, yes, would, I, I, I don't, even, I don't know if I'm worthy fun. for your podcast, but I am down to try. So um, yes, I you guys for that. Back, uh, back on the air with Jared Lipscomb and hopefully we will talk to you very soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you. Five. Betches.